a series called As For Me, and uh, in this series, as I've been uh, sharing with you, by the way, we're going to be in this series right up just before Easter, and then we're going to kick into, our, obviously, our Easter message, and, um, and uh, by the way, in addition to that, we've got some, uh, another cool, exciting thing that we're going to be probably sharing with you here in the coming weeks uh, that's, that'll be leading up to Easter, so just kind of let, just kind of think about that and let that germ around, but um, we're going, to, we're in this series called As For Me, and in this series, we're talking about building our life on the values that last, building our life, you know, our family, our lives on, on the values in which God says to build, build our lives on, and so um, I, I want to say this, and I know this is going to come out really weird, but I want to say this, it amazes me that it amazes me. Can I say that? I'm from West Virginia, I can say anything I want, right? Especially when it comes to butchering the grammar, the English grammar, and then I can, that's what we're expected of us. So anyhow, by the way, uh, a couple of weeks ago, just this is a freebie, okay? A couple of weeks ago, when we, when we finalized our adoption with the girls, I don't know if any of you know Judge Iddings, really cool guy that, that did it. He's, he's, he's adopted himself, and he uh, just really makes it very personal, and uh, just really cool opportunity. But anyhow... Afterwards, he asked if we wanted to have any pictures taken with him, you know, and make it special. So he came down from his chair, and we're taking pictures. And he leans over and says, uh, he says, um, you guys are from the same hometown, you know, or same place? And I said, yeah, West Virginia. And then I said, uh, we met at our family reunion. And, <laughs> and he, and you know, being, he, he, did, he, doesn't know, he didn't know me, so he kind of like had this perplexed look. I leaned over and I said, uh, I wanted to say it before you did, so, so anyhow. So anyhow, I, what I want to say is this, it amazes me, it, it, it amazes me that, that it amazes me that when we don't take what God says build our lives upon, and then we reflect upon our lives at times and we wonder why we have some of the difficulties we have, it, it doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, someone comes and they say, you know, I remember growing up with my, you know, my family, my father would tell me something, and then if I wouldn't do it, he would give me this perplexed look like, what, I told you to do it this way, and, and it, this, is, this is what happens when you don't listen to me. And so, that, that's what I'm saying, guys. You know, I think a lot of times, sometimes we take these things, these values, and, and, and we don't, it's like we negotiate with them. And when we do, we get in a lot of trouble. Because God says, if you want to have a life that's, that's, that's going to have meaning, that's going to have sustenance, you need to base it upon the values in which I'm telling you to base it upon. And, and so uh, the, the, they are not optional for us who are, who are Christ followers. And so uh, this morning I want to share with you a couple thoughts. I want to share with you some uh, thoughts about, um, about integrity. And when I was uh, getting into this message, I was looking at reading some different things and looking at some different things uh, because we're really building upon the Ten Commandments is what we're doing. And when, we start, when I started looking at the, the Ten Commandments, don't steal... Uh, one guy took it and spun it off into integrity, and I thought, you know what, that's, that's, I like that, that's pretty cool. And so I, I want to share with you uh, this, this value and how important it is, I believe, within our lives. Integrity is that concept where our behavior matches up with our beliefs. Now, some of us will say, you know, well, I really believe in these. I really believe in the Word of God. But really, it's almost aspirational because when we go out into our daily lives, uh, we, tend to, we can do things completely different. And integrity says, if I say that I believe in this, if I say that I believe that the values that God has, has stated so many thousands of years ago, I believe that that's how He wants me to live my life. I believe that that's, uh, if I live my life that way, then I'm going to have a life that has meaning to it, that's going to have sustenance to it, that's going to have purpose behind it. If I say that, then I'm going, my behavior is going to 
match that. It's going to, to look like that. And so... That's that's you know that's where I want to go today with this whole integrity uh, thing. And, and here's here's the other issue too. Um, in our world today, when we think about integrity, it's almost as if we're more shocked when we see integrity than when we don't see it. You know what I'm saying? It's like we see the lack of integrity so often that that when someone does have integrity, it's like wow, that's amazing, and it should be completely flip flopped. Uh, for instance, let me ask you this question, you know, just kind of a little, a little uh, give you opportunity to participate. How many of you ever got too much change back and you went back and you said, hey, you gave me too much change and you handed it back to the person? How many of you ever been in a restaurant where you had a nice dinner and you looked at your bill and, and you weren't charged for something that you ate? How many of you called the waitress back and said, I, I got, you forgot to charge me for this? You know, the, here, lesser hands on that one, right? Uh, we got a freebie. Why would I say something? Um, you know what? Here's the issue, guys. When we do those things, when we when we demonstrate integrity, this is not why we do it. But but it feels good, doesn't it? It feels good to do the right thing. Now that's not why we do it. We do it because that's who we are. Now I want to say this right up front. What I'm sharing with you today is not, I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not saying that as Christ followers, every time we're, we're going to hit the ball out of the park, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is this, what characterizes you? I mean, yeah, we all make mistakes, right? We're all human, we all make mistakes. But what characterizes you? What typifies you? What, if someone would look at your life, would they say, that person has integrity? Or would they say, eh, that person really is, you know, that person doesn't have a very good amount of integrity. So, so what, is it that, what is it that characterizes you? Uh, in uh, in, in um, Proverbs, Solomon says this. He says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. So integrity is this. Integrity, or I should say it this way, if you're filling in your notes, reputation is who others think you are. And we talked about this um, uh, a little, uh, couple uh, weekends ago about using God's name. And how, how with our name, there, there are things, you know, when someone hears our name, do they think, okay, that person's got integrity. Uh, some of that could be reputation. You're, you're making a reputation for yourself. Uh, reputation is what others think of you. Integrity goes deeper, and integrity is who you really are. Some of us could be, do great at building out a facade. And people can look at us and say, you know what, that person, you know, you kind of have a decent reputation, but... Uh, if you get closer or, you know, if, if people would spend much uh, more time with us, uh, they might see that, you know what, we may lack a little bit of integrity or we may have a lot of integrity. So reputation is, is what people or who people think you are, but integrity is really who you are. And this morning I want to share with you a couple of thoughts about that. Um, first of all, before we get into this slide, I want to share with you this. Again, we live in a world where there are so many segments of society that are being destroyed by leaders who don't have integrity. Uh, church leaders uh, such as myself, we suffer from that. We suffer from uh, people being very suspect of us because there are other people out there that doesn't have integrity. There are people in your life who are supposed to be leaders within your life and because they've shown a lack of integrity, sometimes you can bring that in to, and, and kind of put that on 
every other person within your life who might be a leader. And you might question them because you're, you don't trust anybody now because this person over here... And that's what we see in our society. Some of you are business people, and, and you fight through that too. Some of you are involved in administration, uh, in schools, and other, other things like other vocations like that. And you deal with the same concept. People look at you as suspect. Because we live in a society where people have abused this, where people who have destroyed that whole concept of integrity, and it makes it almost as if that we are very untrusting of a lot of people. And it's very sad. But, this, but as I said earlier, it's more sad when we see people that do have integrity when that should be the common thread. One perfect example uh, is found in Samuel chapter... Uh, we need more people like Samuel. found in Samuel chapter 12. Samuel was a prophet, and he gets up in front of an assembly like this with uh, much larger... or much... Uh, more people, but he says this. He asked the question to this whole assembly. He said, "This have I lived a life of integrity? Have I lived?" He asked the question, "Have I lived a life of integrity?" And he went on to say, "This if I have wronged any one of you, tell me what I've done wrong so that I can make it right." He went on to say, "Have I done anything that was not right according to what I said I would do?" You see, that's a guy who who was living a life of integrity, who was trying to pr- uh, protect his integrity. I think he was saying, you know, I, I ha- I've lived this life of integrity. I have a life of integrity to the point to where he could stand with confidence in front, of this, uh, in front of a great group of people to say, tell me what I've done wrong. Have I not lived a life of integrity in front of you? How have I wronged you? Because if I have wronged you, I will make it right. And, he goes on, and the community looked at him and said this, no, you've done the right, uh, no, you've done the right thing. You are a person of integrity. At the end of his life, they looked on and they said this, you have been a faithful man of God. Guys, I hope that's what people can look at me and say. I know there's going to be times where I struggle. I know there's times where I have struggled. But I hope I'm the person that's full of integrity like with Samuel that can go to other people where I may have slipped or I may have communicated something that shouldn't have been communicated or taken the wrong way or, or cut a corner where I can go to that person and say, you know what, I need to make restitution. You know what, I need to let you know that this is what happened and, and, and I'm concerned about it and I just want to make it right. And, and I hope that at the end of my, and I hope that you guys have the same desire for your lives where, where people can look at your life and say, you know what, that man has been a faithful man for God. Or that woman has been a faithful woman of God. I hope that is the desire of our hearts. And when we build our lives on these values, that's exactly what happens. Another picture of integrity is found in Psalm 15. And if, I, if you would turn with me to Psalm 15, I want to share with you a passage of Scripture there that really paints, the, I, I think, another picture of integrity. Uh, Psalm chapter, uh, or I should say Psalm 15. And within this Psalm, David writes, and he asks God this question. He asks God, he says, God, who can dwell in the sanctuary of the Lord? In other words, God, who can approach your holy hill? Jerusalem built upon a hill. It was often called Mount Zion. It was called the city of God. Who can approach the holy hill? God, who can come into your presence? Who can walk with you and fellowship you? Who can do this, God? And God basically answers the question in the preceding part of of that particular psalm. He says this, and listen, he says this, the person who has integrity. I think that's, to sum it up, that's what he's saying. Because as we read that, He answers that question. God answers that question. The question again, Lord, who may dwell in your city? Who may dwell there? Who may live on your holy hill? And God says this, He whose walk is blameless and who who has done what is righteous. That's integrity. He who speaks the truth from his heart. Integrity. 
and has no slander from his tongue. Again, integrity. Who who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man? Integrity. Who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord? Again, integrity. Who keeps his oath even when it hurts? Integrity. Who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent? Integrity. He who does these things will what? Never be shaken. He who does these things, he who lives his life in such, a, in such a way of integrity, he who takes these values serious, he who takes what this, what this word says, what God's word says, and I think applies them to his life, and doesn't make it aspirational beliefs, but makes them concrete, livable beliefs, within, they, they build their life upon those the values. He who does these things will never be shaken. Now, let me share with you a couple of things. Uh, first off, as we have integrity, things that we experience, blessings, blessings that we experience. A couple of things. Number one, we walk closely with God. David asked the question, who can dwell in the sanctuary of God? God responds, the one who has integrity. God, guys, there is something about when we demonstrate integrity, when we strive for integrity, when we strive for our lives to be our behavior, to, to equal our beliefs, there is something that happens where we're able to have this ongoing communion, this intimate fellowship with God. We're able to be in the presence of God. We're, there, there is just something that, that takes place there, and we begin to enjoy His presence on a daily basis, moment by moment. There's, this, there's a certain level of intimacy that seems to occur when we are very concerned about living out the values in which God's Word says, and we, and we, and we, and we live our lives based upon the integrity of that. The second, or another one is this. We have, we, we have this built-in guide. Solomon said in Proverbs, he says, the integrity of the upright guides him. There's no question then. When we have things come up in our lives and we have questions that, that uh, may arise within our lives and we're trying to figure out and discern it, we, we look to his word and we see how, that there's no question. We have this guide built in. There's not gray, you know, like if there's a gray area, we say, you know what, I'll abstain from it then. I'll just steer away from this. I'll just go the different direction. It's not worth to compromise anything, my integrity over this. And so we have this built in guide where we begin to see things much more clearly, enabling us to make decisions. And, and have this guidance within our lives. Another one is this. We'll have this constant peace within our hearts. When we lay down at nighttime, at the end of the day, we don't have to question ourselves with things like this. I wonder if that person's going to find out what I said about them today. I wonder if my boss is going to find out what I did. Because that wouldn't be good. I wonder if my husband, or my wife, or my children are going to find out about this little extracurricular activity that I may have going on in my life over here because if they do that's not good and so as we lay down on the pillow if we don't have integrity we have this sense of restlessness we have this sense where we 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 have absolutely no peace about it whatsoever but I wonder how many of us have laid our heads down the pillow where we've strived for integrity and we ask this question to ourselves man I hope no one finds out about the right thing I did today it just doesn't happen does it there's this certain sense of peace that, that, that consumes us, that, that, over, uh, that almost overcomes us, and we have this sense of peace where we can just literally relax. And so we have this peace, this constant peace that's in our hearts. 
Another thing is this. We gain trust, respect, honor, and influence when we have uh, integrity. Guys, uh, guys meaning guys and women, gals, if you want to have great children, be a parent of integrity. If you want to, have a, if you want to be a great leader be a, of your home, be a husband and a wife of integrity. If you want to have influence in the business community, have integrity. Be a person of your word. You see, what happens is when we have integrity, people begin to follow you. There's something different about you. you ha- you're, you're not just basing your, op- your, your decisions. You're not just basing direction upon your opinion. But there's something about you. There's some wis- you have this wisdom that, that seems, to come, that seems to, to come out. And people follow that. The challenge is we have so many people that aren't that. They claim that they have integrity, but they're not. How many conversations have you ever been in with non-Christians where they look at you and they say, you know what, one of the reasons why I just can't buy it is because there's so many people that say they're Christians, but what they really are are what? Hypocrites. They're hypocrites. They say one thing, but they're, this, they're something else. Their behavior doesn't equate their beliefs. And so... And so we have this, you know, and hypocrite, you know, is the Greek word that's translated. It literally means actor. You're putting a show on. There's a, there's a facade. It's not you. It's not genuine. You, have, you may look something on the outside, but on the inside, you're absolutely something different. Jesus had the harshest words for hypocrites. And, the, and the, the, uh, 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 coincidentally, the religious establishment uh, were, full of fair, were, were the Pharisees in which he, he, he labeled as hypocrites from the very from the very get-go. In Matthew 23, 25, in fact, he even had harsher words for these individuals that said who they, that, that they said that they, they were uh, followers of him or followers of God, but they were not. He had more harsher words for those people than he did the prostitutes, the uh, adulterers, and even people that we would say really dealt with vile sin. He detested the hypocrites. Listen to what he says in Matthew 23, 25, in the following verses. He, he says this, Jesus looked at the hypocrites and he said, Woe to you. Let's stop there for a second. Because anytime God ever says, Woe to you, you might as well buckle it on because you're in for a heap of some negativity. And in this particular situation, he says this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees and hypocrites. He says, You look clean on the outside, or you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to the people as righteous, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and you're full of wickedness. Jesus said this, you know what? You're putting on a good game. You're putting on a good game. You look good. Like some of us who golf. We have, man, we look good. We look the part. We look professional. And then when you see us tee off on the first tee, it all comes together. And many of us can be like that in, in our walk, in our spiritual lives. We know the right words to say. We know the right vernacular. We know how to dress. We know the things to do. We know the customs. We know the traditions. And we go through it, but it's a big facade. On the outside, it looks good. But on the inside, it's not matching up with what we say that we believe. And Jesus said, that is, that is the worst place, one of the worst places to be. You see, what happens a lot of times that's so dangerous, is when we get into that particular position, we begin to justify our behavior. We begin to say, well, it's okay to do this, or it's okay to be this way. And guys, when we get to that point, let me just tell you, God thoroughly hates that. 
It is what happens on the inside as he addressed these Pharisees. It's the same. He says, you know what? If you're going to be clean, it's got to, it can't start from the outside in. It starts from the inside and goes out. Now again, I'm not saying this is easy to do. I'm saying that it's, that it's, that it's very difficult. But again, what characterizes us? Are we, would, we be, would you be characterized as someone that has no integrity? I mean, there's times where we're going to make mistakes. I get that. But do you make it right? Do, are you worried to, to protect your integrity? It's, integrity is when we begin to align our hearts and words and actions with God's Word. It's when we say, you know what? My life is about Him, and I want my life to characterize God's Word. And we take it serious, and we integrate it. That's the whole word of integrity, is that it's integrated into our lives and not compartmentalized. That is the one thing that we do so well, is that we have the ability of compartmentalizing our lives. Where we say, and I've shared this with you before, where we say, this is my work life. And my work life is not affected by my home life, or vice versa. And we say, this is my home life, this is my school life, this is my, ple- this is my social life, this is my pleasure life, and, and, and this is my spiritual life. And it seems like we have the ability to kind of click in, click out, click in, click out. Well, today's Sunday, so I'm going to click into my spiritual life. Well, we're done with that. I'm going to click back out, and I'm going to click into my social life here in a few minutes as soon as we get out of here. In, having integrity means that when we build our lives on God's Word, it literally integrates through every single area of our life. It's not compartmentalized. God's Word integrates itself in and through every single area of our lives so that what we say, or who we say that we are, that's who we are. Let me close with this question. What is your integrity worth? What is it worth? Let me give you a couple examples. Let me ask it this way first. What do your actions say that your integrity is worth? Here's a couple examples. Let's say you apply for a job. And on the resume, on your resume, you begin to fudge a few things because you want to look a certain part. You want the job. Now what has happened, your integrity has become what that job pays or that particular job. Does that make sense? You've compromised so that you could get the job. You've taken your integrity and you've set it aside or you've, you've, you've kind of compromised your integrity for the sake of of getting that job. And so now the, your integrity has become what that job pays. Maybe you work in an office. And to you it's okay to take a ream of paper every now and then or steal some time or fudge on an expense account or falsify some reports. Your integrity literally has become a ream of paper or stealing some time or whatever you gain from falsifying some reports. It's kind of like that one woman. Here's another one where integrity has been compromised. It's like this one lady that says, what I do is I buy an outfit and I hide it from my husband for a couple months. And then after a couple months, I break it out. And he says, is that a new outfit? And she says, oh no, I've had this for a couple months now. But she's compromised her integrity, right? And as humorous as that is, I'm going to be honest with you, humorous, humorous as that is, it seems like our human minds can become very, very creative in finding loopholes and cutting corners around things where we can compromise our integrity. Maybe you have a business. Maybe you overcharge. Maybe you overbill because you know the client that you're working for has the money to do that. Your integrity has become overbilling that person. Your integrity has become whatever amount of money that you got from that. Maybe it's your peers. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's worth, in your mind, it's worth compromising your integrity so that you can, so that you can continue to retain the respect of the opinion 
of your peers. You see where I'm going with this? We've taken something that is so valuable and we've reduced it down to something so trite. Something that's so non-eternal. And something so everyday. Just something so trite. Your integrity is worth a lot. There was a guy by the name of Job in the Bible. Some of you, many of you probably heard of Job. The guy that as we read the story, we read that he was literally stripped of everything. Satan was allowed to come in and test him. And he was literally stripped of everything within his life, except his life. He was stripped of his pleasures, his health, his possessions, his family. He was stripped of everything. And he has these friends, which I'm not sure why he wasn't stripped of these friends. But he has these friends that come to him and are trying to provide some counsel. But at one point, they say this to him. They say, you know what, Job? You've done something wrong and you know it. You know you've done something wrong. All of these things, this is so... This is so human. This is so human level thinking. All of these bad things wouldn't have happened if you were a person of integrity. Job, you deserve what, you've, what you're getting right now. You've done something wrong. You, if you had some integrity, these things would not be happening to you. Quit claiming that you're a, a person of integrity. And Job answers back and says this, I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my righteousness and never let go of it. My conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. Job said, my integrity is worth everything to me. And I will not give my integrity up. All these things may be stripped of me. My possessions, my family. As much as this is is horrible within my life. As much pain as, as this brings the one thing I have left is my integrity and I will not compromise it. It's worth everything to me. You can take it all away, but my integrity is worth everything to me. What's your integrity worth? You may be sitting in here this morning and you may be a person that says, this is what my life is built upon. And you may struggle at times, but you may be saying, you know what? I believe that the values, the precepts, the concepts that God has laid out in this book, I believe in them so much that I will build my life upon this and I will strive my hardest. And yes, I'm going to make mistakes from time to time. Yes, I have made mistakes. But by the power and the grace of Jesus Christ, I will build my life upon this. And I want to encourage you in here this morning and I want to say, keep on keeping on. As hard as it gets, keep on. As much as you may be drugged out of your comfort zone at times. Guys, I've literally met individuals that had to lay their job on the line for this. And I'm not talking about being persecuted in a way for evangelizing. I'm talking about living in our world, in our society, where he, that this individual lived, his, his particular position started compromising the values within the Word of God. And he had to make a decision. And he was forced to make a decision between his occupation and being a Christian or having integrity. And the guy said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that it's a no-brainer decision. I will have integrity. I applaud them. If you're sitting here this morning, keep on keeping on. I encourage you. I hope the Spirit just 
floods your soul right now and continues to encourage you. If you're sitting in there this morning and the Spirit of God is moving and He's connecting with yours and He's saying, you know what? You've compromised a lot, man. You've cut corners. You you are compromising. I pr- guys, surrender and humble yourself to the Spirit. Allow God to have a check with yours this morning. Don't compromise your integrity. There may be a decision you're facing right now this morning and you this week and you know it's going to be one of the hardest decisions you've ever made. Guys, draw upon the power of Jesus Christ through the power through his Holy Spirit right now. Enabling you to make the decision that you need to make according to his word. What's your integrity worth? Build your life upon the values in which God has laid out for you and you will have a life that will not be shaken.